Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 62 for Friday, September 13th. Wow, where's the time gone? I'm Alex Uwe, here today with Farbod Markazi and Alex Rudy. How are you guys doing? Doing great. It's late in the season and almost school time for us. Not really. Almost. Rudy's already not, in school. Not really. Yeah, we still got a couple more weeks left this summer. Kind of ready for uh, summer to be over. I am too. I, much as I like Irvine, it's weird being here. Past like everyone's gone, and then I want to be back at school. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, be careful what you wish for. You'll be spawned with exams sooner than you think. Yeah, Rudy, yeah that's, Rudy is that's back. That's the only thing. Sorry about that. Um, but that's the only thing about the quarter system because when we're going to school, Rudy's taking exams. But then when we're in spring, when we're taking our midterms, Rudy's off of school. So that's the only thing about the quarter system. Yeah. R- remember baseball? I think we're going to talk about that today. If, if that's uh, okay with you guys. So. Yeah. All right, um, we haven't done this in a while. We got the original War and Peace baseball crew on today, and yeah, who's right? these guys haven't watched baseball much in the last month. Shame on them. Uh, lucky for you guys, I've just been... because I haven't watched doesn't mean I haven't been keeping up with the sport. Mm. No, you, you gotta watch. You gotta you gotta take it in with your with your eyes and ears. So, I I have been paying attention. So I will lead these these guys through through the last month it's been an insane month i I wish more people cared about what's going on in baseball instead of you know the start of the football season or what whatever is happening in space jam is space jam a thing yet is is the new one yeah Um, Uh, ask lebron yeah anyway um we'll, we'll talk about all the recent news we'll talk about of course home runs because that's what everybody's talking about still wild card races and I'm going to embarrass these guys with that game from last month later on. So let's start with just all, all the worst things in the world because the injuries just need to stop. Christian Yelich is out for the season in the middle of his MVP push. This is just, yeah, I, it makes, it's those kinds of stories that just make you want to, to give up on baseball. Um, but he's not even the only one. Like so many teams are are going through the same thing. Like Shohei Otani, um, he's he's done for the year. Jose Ramirez done for the year. Uh, Byron Buxton also done for the year. There's there's some more. Those are some significant ones though. Um, well, I mean, with those four guys that you named, I would say three of them actually really hurt. Otani hurts because baseball. Like we want to see him out there, but. The Brewers, the Indians, and the Twins needed, like, needed those guys to push up, push their, um, to help them push for uh, the postseason and the wild card race. So, I mean, yeah, that's what sucks, especially, especially for those teams. Yeah, the Brewers, man, they they are making a comeback in the wild card race. Yelich was leading the way. He looked like he was going to do what he did last year and just have an insane September. And then this happens. He fouled a ball off his kneecap. So you can't do anything about it. You just, you know, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Brewers making the playoffs now, which is just a little bit crazy. It's a super competitive uh, 
league right now in, in either side. So um, all the more reason to uh, commend the, the super teams that have been dealing with unbelievable amount of injuries. The Yankees just had three more guys who will likely have to go on the DL, the IL. How is it September and I'm still saying the DL? Going in the IL um, after today's games, they will be getting Severino and Stanton back soon. Um, but yeah, those the Yankees dealing with injuries, Astros, Dodgers, all of them just decimated by injuries and still somehow doing what they're doing. So, yeah, Rudy, do you have anything to say about the injuries, you know, Yankees or otherwise? It kind of feels like there's more injuries this year, but I'm sure that's just recency bias. Um, but it's just kind of frustrating at the end to see all these guys be off this season that could affect the playoffs so much. I feel like that kind of detracts a little bit from um, just, like, the competitiveness as a whole and, like, the maximum possible enjoyment of the whole shebang. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the best idea to start off this show with the injuries because now I'm all deflated and stuff. need to pick the energy back up because baseball is fun. It's exciting. This is not – This is these are all the bad parts. We, get, we got the bad stuff out of the way. I'm ready, I'm ready for fun times going forward. Let's talk about home runs because we seem Don't to – Don't see enough of them. When I say we, I mean, I mean Major League Baseball seems to be breaking home run records constantly and just doing insane things. And hitting hitting balls to unreal places, and you know the the best overall encapsulating stat MLB league wide home run record has already been broken. Uh, happened on September 11th, and it was Jonathan VR who hit it. We already passed the 2017 season home run record of 6,105. So. There's a lot of baseball left to play. I, I, I believe the, the pace right now is to end up just over 6,800 homers. I, wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we hit 7,000 homers this year. I keep saying we, even though we're not Major League Baseball players, but that would be really cool, wouldn't it? Yes. 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 7,000 yes. homers. Do you, think, do you think it's possible? Is that something that's even crossed... Your mind, I, these aren't numbers that we think about very often, like how many home runs are hit in a season. Doesn't that just seem like an absurd number to you? It's just a number that I think has only become popular, like not popular, but you said it's not a number that we normally like keep track of. But over the last couple of years, with the way baseball has changed and the actual baseballs have changed, it's definitely possible with how much, how many more home runs we're seeing hit every year. Um, I hope, from an entertainment standpoint, that we do hit seven hundred. I mean, seven thousand. Yeah, and the reason I mainly think that we can outpace the already absurd pace that we're on is because of September call-ups. A lot more terrible pitchers pitching a lot more innings. That's that's basically it. That's that's why I think we can do some absurd things. Um, so yeah, um, what else happened? Jock Peter, this was a couple weeks ago now. Jock Peterson hit five home runs in the span of six at bats, which is insane. His other at bat that wasn't a home run was a double that he hit off the top, very top of the wall, and he he was that he was inches away from hitting six home runs in six at bats, 
which is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to hit five and six at-bats. But the fact that he pretty much hit every one of those balls home run distance was, yeah, unbelievable. It was like BP. When he gets hot, he gets caught. Yeah, like and BP. he got he actually hurt himself in the middle of that, robbing a home run. So in that stretch, he essentially netted six home runs because he pulled one back as well in that game. So this is a little dated now, but worth mentioning because it's just bonkers. Jordan Alvarez hit a ball to Mars. He hit a ball further than I've ever seen anybody hit a ball. Maybe not distance-wise, but it was... Probably the most majestic home run I've ever seen. Right down the line, the right field line. And it went up to a section of Minute Maid Park that nobody's ever hit. A, I think I think maybe one person had hit a ball up there. Uh, some other random person on Twitter was researching that. But the the got to be the furthest ball hit out to that section. They have marked off the, uh, the seat that it hit. Um... And it got me thinking that, you know, in this era with, you know, different baseballs, what have you, better power hitters, I I feel like seeing home runs like this should be more frequent than it has been, right? Seeing balls that just look unreasonably far, right? Because, I mean, there's so many more home runs, I feel, that travel you know, close, you, you know, that are just absolute bombs that you look at and you're like, wow, that's, that ball was crushed. You got all of that ball, but not so many that are like, okay, I've never seen somebody hit a ball out there, even though well, you'd think, right? Well, I mean, you, yeah, you would think that there would be more, but even with the way baseball was going before the new baseballs and all that stuff, People who crush balls crush balls, but that didn't happen all that often. I think the baseballs being different and the better power hitters allows for like what would have been like a not a routine fly ball, but at least a deep fly ball like five years ago. Those are the ones leaving the park more often now, and that's what's leading to MLB almost breaking uh, MLB re-breaking its own home run record year after year right now. Yeah, I guess that's that's a big part of it too. Because uh, there's more, I, there's more routine fly balls hit than there are someone square like a Jordan. There's just so many more fly ball balls hit too, because yeah. people are trying. Yeah, it's the fly ball revolution. This is that's that's sort of a dated term now, but um, that part's true as well. And it also got me thinking that Statcast home run distances are seriously unreliable because Statcast said that ball went 416 feet. Hit 115 miles an hour, like 36 degrees. They said it only went 416 feet. I'm skeptical because that ball looks no, a lot further than that. It, he definitely broke Statcast. Right. There's no way. There's no way. There are there are other moments though, instances where it just seems so wrong, and you know it, it can't be perfect. It's a calculation. It's not actually like a tape measure, like a digital tape measure. That's not what's happening. Um, it's it's projecting what what the outcome would be is trying to you know gauge the spin and the velocity and the the angles and all that, but it can't be perfect. It can't. There's no way it can take into account all the environmental factors or whatever else there is. Um, but Scott Kingery hit a home run 
um, which was really bizarre. He hit a, an inside-the-park home run that would have gone over the center field wall, but Ronald Acuna robbed him and then dropped the ball. So an outside-the-park, inside-the-park home run. And, and and that was another StatCast one. I believe it was registered at, like, 386 feet, even though the, the wall of the straightaway center field is 400 at um, wherever, Citizens Bank Park. So that's clearly not correct because Acuna reached over the wall to grab that one. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's not perfect, but it's it's better than nothing. Did but you think... Yeah. Did you think that play should have been ruled a catch or on transfer or whatever? Because I I I watched that play. I don't know if Rudy did, but there was some talk that like yeah he actually caught that ball. It was just on the way down. It was kind of similar to a couple years ago when they had that whole transfer like debate. Like did someone drop the ball on the transfer or whatever? Like I know it was kind of awkward the way he was coming down on it, especially after making that. What should what looked like an unbelievable catch? So, do you think it should have been a catch or what? I do. I really think it should be a catch because he caught the ball and then it came out of his glove pretty long after that. Um, but the the way the rule is written, I guess technically it's not a catch. But just change the rule because the rule is dumb and vague and it doesn't clear up anything for anybody. There's there is language on what securing the ball looks like, you know, for, for a first baseman and, and replay review, you know, um, there, there is language in the rule book about that, but that's different than securing a catch on, on a fly ball or ball and play in that way. Um, and it doesn't make any sense to me. It was a great yeah, catch. I've gone back and forth on it too. Yeah. I, if I'm, when if I'm I not first mistaken, saw it, I was like, Oh man, that was just, that was, that's an unbelievable catch, and it was just on the way down the way he came down. But then I also thought, like, that momentum pushed him down. He didn't have full, like, control of the ball, so it can't be counted as a catch. So it's like, it goes – it could be debated both ways. Right. I think most, most commonly what you see is outfielders that crash into a wall, that catch the ball, and then collide with the wall, and the ball comes out of a glove. And then that's not a catch, which is just stupid to me, like, even more stupid than this. Um, but that's not what happened here. And I believe the last time we talked about the this rule was on um, was to do with like home plate collisions or ta- like plays at the plate. With how long do you have to hold on to the ball after getting like thwacked at the plate or whatever? You know, it's that was that was the first time I think we had that conversation. But that was a while ago too. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's a problem, but I don't I don't think it's that big of a problem. No. Yeah. Um any other crazy home run things that either of you can think of? I know you haven't watched a whole lot, but there have been a lot of home runs hit. Uh I just feel like they've lost their luster a little bit in their significance just because have they? Com- Do, like actually for you when you when you watch them, yes. are are you like, ah, whatever, home run. You still don't get excited by home runs? Not as much as I feel like I used to be. Hmm. Do you think you feel the same, like, watching a home run in person? Do you think it's lost its luster? No. No, watching in person is a whole other thing. Um, but I see where Rudy's coming from on that. You're um, just, just, it's, it's oversaturated? 
there must be like 50 home runs a night. Like it's like they just aren't like you know obviously the ones that really matter in the games are like the you know the, some of the ones you know, the ones you guys talked about are really interesting and entertaining, but just generally speaking, I feel like it like it's oversaturated. Hmm. Yeah, mm. it kind of is, but I still yeah. think they're still fun. They're still a more fun outcome than like singles. Like and it's like oh, there's not enough singles in the game. If you're basically you know converting those to home runs, right? It's not like it's not like league wide batting average is way up, and then it's just like offense is just ridiculous, and then pitchers seem like they can't get anybody out. It's it's just you're you're turning some of those those you know lower quality outcome hits into home runs. Does that make sense? I don't, maybe not. Um, but I think they're fun. I think it's true. I think more home runs is good for baseball. People see, like to deny that because it's contrarian. Um, and I'm it's normally pretty contrarian, but I'm I'm on board with all that. Give me all the dingers. All right. I mean, yeah. yeah go ahead. Oh, I was just going to move on. Did you have something else to say? No, I was just – you said um, anything more – anything else that's home run interesting i was just going to bring up what i brought up to you guys earlier with the trip even like they gave the baseballs to triple a and triple a i think don't quote me has had like a 600 uh, not 660 something percent increase in home runs which is also insane um yeah so yeah, yeah. home run hitting minor league season is over now i think if not in the playoffs um and, yeah, the minor leagues have been insane. I, I believe I read that minor league baseball attendance is the highest it's ever been, which is awesome. Um, so good for them. And now it's September call-up time, and there's lots of minor leaguers giving up home runs and hitting home runs in the big leagues. So we'll see. I, I, I think Gavin Lux was called up since the last time he podcasted, too. Um, definitely the, the highest profile prospect to make his way up. Um, he won the whatever league he's in. He won the the minor league player of the year, um, and I think Luis Robert won in the other one. The White Sox. Cause it, it's because the Dodgers needed more players. Or yeah, uh, he's been pretty cold to start off his career, uh, but it looks really promising. Um, he's not, you know, he doesn't look overpowered. He's just. Uh, lost a little bit of the uh, crazy momentum he had in the minors, of course, hit over 400 at AAA, or he might have finished just below there, but basically hit 400 at AAA with tons of power, had like a 1,200 OPS. Yeah, he was he's the real deal. He is. Um, I'm glad the Dodgers are giving him a fair crack, even though Max Muncy is supposed to return soon. He might lose some playing time. Um, but he's probably the, the headliner September call-up. Nobody else really sticking out too much, if you ask me. So let's talk about the Astros. We'll talk about another super team now, because uh, the super teams are doing super things. They went on a run where they scored. Well, they, first, so they scored 36 runs in two games against the Mariners and then the A's. They won 21 to one, and then 15 to zero. And then the next day against the A's, they lost 21-7. to So just some absurdly high-scoring games going on at Minute Maid Park. And on days where that stuff's not happening, or even on days when that stuff is happening on the other side, um, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole have been unbelievable. 
in their last few performances. Justin Verlander threw a no-hitter since we last podcasted. Garrett Cole had three consecutive 15, 14, four, three consecutive 14-plus strikeout games. So, yeah, they, they're they the real deal. They're going to be scary for whoever plays them in the playoffs for sure. Um, what do you think about the, the offensive burst? It seems like we've seen more of this, too, with the home runs, as you'd expect, but uh, this, even with this shift in offense, seems unprecedented, maybe not unprecedented, but still unbelievable. Um, do you think it means anything or about the Astros or their opponents or what? Do you take any meaning from it? No. They, they had a good weekend. Other than they, the loss. Good, they did have a good weekend. They, I mean, they're just a really, really good team. And when they get hot, like, I mean, I didn't think much of the scoring. As as wild as that sounds, like, I didn't like. It's really cool that they scored twenty one fifteen and then lost twenty one seven. But at the same time, it's baseball. It's fun to watch, but. The Astros are good. That's bottom line. Life has no meaning. Life has no meaning, right? And that took a turn. Part of part of what you said, Farbo, is like <laughs> you, you seem unimpressed. Maybe that's because the Astros lineup is so good that any given day you feel like they should be able to put up fifteen to twenty runs, and if they don't, then it's like, oh well, you know, that's that's disappointing. But when they do that. It's not incredible. It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of what I expect from them. Um, it's kind of the yeah, point. I mean, it's, it's the point you've gotten to, really. Personally, I think it is incredible anytime anyone scores that many runs, but I think that the, there are some lineups around baseball that if they, if everyone gets hot, if, it, if you get to that point everyone gets hot, they are capable of having multiple days of stuff like this. So... It's not that I'm not impressed. It's just that I'm not entirely shocked or surprised by it happening. You sound unimpressed. Let's let's move on from that. Let's talk wild card standings yes. because this is the real stuff. This is playoff implications. This is entire team seasons on the line here. And with that said, right in the thick of it, the Mets somehow blew in spectacular fashion one of the might what might be the game of the year we've had a few game of the year contenders but the nationals um ended up beating the mets 11 to 3 not 11 to 3 11 to 10 on september 3rd so a little while ago too now dating ourselves um they were the nationals were trailing five to two in the eighth inning and then in the ninth inning, we're trailing 10 to 4. Nationals' bullpen's really bad. But the Mets' bullpen, trying to one up them there, the Nationals scored seven runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. That was capped off by a Kurt Suzuki walk off home run off of none other than Edwin Diaz, having an unbelievably atrocious season with insane peripheral numbers. I don't know if you've heard about this or looked at it, but he's striking out like 15 batters per nine inning and his xfip is really good looks like what edwin diaz's xfip should be but he's just getting torched he's giving up all the home runs and 
his ERA is one of the worst among relievers and among closers especially. He's somehow still in that role. And man, he this was the the apex of it. Just all of it falling apart. The Mets needed every single win they could get, especially against a team that they're chasing down in the wild card race, the Nationals. Right now the Nationals and the Cubs hold the two spots. The Brewers are tied with the Cubs. The Brewers are tied with the Cubs now. Interesting. Um, are they are they both done playing today, or is that just after today's play? Uh-huh. In any case, I think they're, they they're both right have there. games tomorrow. Right, um, but you know how there's games yeah. going on right now. You know, yeah, baseball games. Yeah, they, um, the Brewers did win today, and the Cubs also won, so they're tied. Um, yeah, it's it's a really tight race in the wild card in both leagues actually. But let's let's just focus on the National League. Um, the National League's more fun. The American League, it's going to be fun, but it's mostly between three teams. Oh, I don't know. Because... I don't. I don't know if you can really rule the. Okay, the Red Sox right now are ten games back of the wild card. They they've been. They, they have no margin of error. They have been sliding, but yeah, Boston still on paper looks like one of the most talented teams in baseball. But that's what we've been saying all year. Right. And, and it's so... Uh, the weirdest thing is really what's changed. Not much has changed other than just the performance of the same players that they've... that they're running out there. They didn't... They didn't lose any huge pieces from their World Series run. It's just, you know, this year it's been Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers leading the team instead of Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez. Even though the other those two guys are still there and they're still pretty darn good players, uh, it's really hard to, to identify. I mean, like so one I th- yeah. I'll actually say it's between four teams, um, not the Red Sox, though. I mean, obviously Tampa Bay and Oakland, but... Wait, what? Cleveland and Minnesota are playing... Um, they have a series coming up and down the stretch. Cleveland's not that far behind Minnesota, so Minnesota oh, but gets that's pulled. That's for a division Cleveland race, not... too. You know. What... Well, yeah, but I'm talking about there's four teams that here that I think could end up in the walk in the AL as a AL wildcard team. Okay, technically correct. Um, I, I I I like how I was gonna start with the National League, but we've completely shifted to the AL. So I guess we're talking about the AL now. Um, well, you just want to tell me I'm wrong that there's only three teams, so that's why we shifted that. No, well, yeah, okay, but <laughs> but Rudy, as a <laughs> as a Yankees fan who's probably enjoying this Red Sox collapse, indeed. Do you have? Do you think there's any reasonable path to them actually making the wild card game, or are they done? Are they just? Right now, like the end of the season. Games, I thought they were like way back. In the wild They're ten card games end. back of the yeah. second wild card. Are there that many? Is that even possible? How well, many games are left? Technically, there's there's a lot of games left. So the Red Sox record right now is seventy six and seventy. So that means yeah. there's yeah. sixteen games left. I would say no. No more. I'm I'm bad at math. Possibly. No, I'm good at math. At I did double. it. <laughs> I think so. I feel like you have to have at least double the games you're behind generally to safely think you have a chance to overcome. Especially, I mean, ten is the answer is no. They're not going to get into a ten. But yeah, the only, like 
Sorry, go ahead. I just I think what regards this season being a lost cause, I think they have. Can, I think is bet isn't Betts a free agent this off season? So and no JD one Martins. one. I think he has one more year. And then JD Martinez can opt out this year. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they basically have to choose between those two guys either way, essentially. And if Betts wants Trout money, which he's publicly stated, I mean the Red Sox have put themselves in a precarious position by giving like people like Porcello and Sale pretty Porcello's a free agent. Uh, I meant I said Porcello, but I meant Evaldi. Sorry. Um, Price. Yeah. So I mean, it makes me happy and giddy that they fucked themselves. Well, uh, <laughs> they yeah. also have a very thin farm system too. So it's not I, like. Yeah, I don't think there's an easy way out of this funk. I mean, they want, but they. I mean, like the end of the day, they won the freaking World Series last year and they had the best record in their history. I mean, there's no like. I mean, at some point, like. You just gotta accept that, like they they laid it all on the line for that one season. That's that's well worth it. So yeah. Oh, and talk about bearing the lead. We didn't even talk about the Red Sox fired Dave Dombrowski, which we meant to talk about, but we didn't until now. So the Yankees basically just destroyed him. They destroyed the Red Sox, and then the Red Sox fired him. They were like, "This is enough of an excuse to actually pull the trigger." I'm sure they had a lot more complex reasons other than just losing to the Yankees and having a slightly down year. But, man, that kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? I think, kind of going back off my what I said, it's pretty shocking that what this guy accomplished. I, I think it really goes back to what I just said. He did what he always does. He traded the farm system, he signed lucrative free agents, and he got results. That's what his MO is. That's what you hire him to do. So, so are, the, are the Red Sox on a Tigers-like trajectory then? That would be insane. It seems like. No. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would love it. It seems, I don't know if it it seems be, like it. But... I don't know if anything can be as bad as the Tigers right now. The 43 and 102 Tigers. My God. Also, this is the first season since 2011 that the Red Sox have not finished first or last in the American League East. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting, huh? Since when? What year? Since 2011. Wow. Yeah. Let that sink in. Well, the Red Sox are not even a wild card contender, so maybe let's talk about the wild card contending teams. No. Um, finishing up the American League side of it, Oakland is insanely hot right now. They're playing Houston, and they are winning right now. Um, but Houston looks like they're a little bit too far ahead now. Uh, but Oakland trying to uh, to secure a spot, and you said Moneyball was dead. Moneyball is very much alive. Tampa Bay and Oakland hold the wild card spots in the American League. It's really impressive. Tampa Bay's been great this year. Their bullpen's been great. They've found some really impressive diamonds in the rough on the position player side of things. Uh, Cleveland having a really down year looking on the outside in, but only half a game out. They lost Jose Ramirez for the season, as we mentioned at the, the start of the show. But uh, for, uh, Francisco Lindor has been unbelievable. Um, they're hot right now. They're, they're really hot. They just played the Angels, so that's a great way to get yeah. your bats going. And their pitching exactly. is still great. They're going to get Corey Kluber back soon. 
presumably they got Carlos Carrasco back. I like their chances still, and they'd be a scary playoff team regardless. I think they'd be scarier than the A's, really. I think they would be scarier than the A's. I just think, I mean, I think this is Oakland's to lose. They're playing the Rangers, the Royals, the Rangers again, the Angels, and the Mariners to end off the season. Yeah, they they better get that home field spot. Exactly. So this is theirs to lose. This is their today's their last like difficult game um, against the Astros. So like I think as <laughs> as hot as the Indians are, they're getting Kluber back. I mean, it's going to be a fun race down the stretch. I don't know the strength of the Indian schedule, but it's hard not to think like the A's better at least win each of the series they have coming up. Well, how about this for and the Rays? Just finish off strong. How about this for the Rays, the the leading wild card spot right now? They get the Angels this weekend, but then they have to play the Dodgers two games, then Boston, then New York, and then finish in Toronto. So that's not an easy schedule for them. No, they, they got to win some really tough games, and they're losing right now against the Rangers. They gotta they gotta do some more winning, and. Cleveland, like you said, probably looks like the scariest matchup just because of their pitching, and they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Um, they do they have Minnesota, have Minnesota, yeah. Philadelphia, and Washington are their difficult, but they get they get the Tigers and the White Sox in there. Those are those are given those are gimmies. So, um, so they would have a if they play they well against Minnesota, they would have a chance for the division too. Uh, right. Yes, they're still they're only four back in the division. They they definitely have a shot there. Um, National League, very briefly, we we've talked about it, but right now it's Washington who's playing very well, um, and Chicago and Chicago and Milwaukee are tied. So I mean, can I, can I have a quick comment on that? Yeah, I just think it's a remarkable fu to Harper that. If the Nationals hold on, they're going to make the playoffs this year without him. I mean, I think that's just—I love that. That's just a wonderful kind of sports moment, in my opinion. Um, and he won't make the playoffs. Can I ask you yeah, honestly, exactly. though? Do you think that Anthony Rendon having an MVP caliber season has anything to do with Bryce Harper not being on the team? Like, I'm just curious. I'm not saying yeah. this is the only difference, but it's, it's probably the that's biggest difference. Why- they didn't sign him to a ridiculous contract that he was he's no, not no, 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 he's no. proving. I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying does the app does Rendon's incredible season have anything to do with Harper not being in the same lineup as him? Does that make any sense even? Because Har- Bryce Harper, say what you want, is a really good on base guy, and Rendon's hit behind him a lot of his time in with the Nationals too. It just seems that Rendon this season would go off you know, more so than any other year, right? That's kind of weird to think about. I mean, it might just be, like, the role of the, the mentality change. Obviously, he's broken out, and he's thinking, like, he has to be the big bat, too. Um, but he's had incredible years before, just not this to is, the level. This is yeah, no, I mean, I, That's what I'm saying, just not to the level of this year. I, I think it I don't shows... Think... Go ahead. What does it show? I think it shows you that there was a lot of truth to Harper being not a good locker room presence. I, don't, I think that's the only real takeaway you can and that you can have. I mean, the math is all there. The team performance is way up without him this season. 
And obviously he had some pretty good you know, team seasons with them. But, I mean, I think having like a personality like that out of the locker room truly can just directly affect people's performances. I mean, Rendon <laughs> always had this in him. He just hasn't had the health in a, c- a couple of recent years. So he's been largely healthy since the spring. And, uh, um, yeah, I think results speak for themselves, I feel like. I think the biggest FU to Bryce Harper on top of this will be if the Nationals get past the first round. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. This is this is good stuff. I'm kind of. You can't see me, but I'm I'm wincing pretty hard at that that locker room take because well, first of all, I just personally don't like lo- the, the locker room presence arguments because we're, n- no fan can understand that ever, no matter what beat writers are reporting, and it's it's kind of weird to think that the Nationals without Bryce Harper. Would, would be better than the Nationals with Bryce Harper. Because it's not like whoever's replacing Harper in the lineup is better than Harper, right? So, I mean, he's still pretty good. It's, it is pretty... It is... Yeah, it, it is kind of Once an anomaly to me. Good. It's, it's kind of just a coincidence. It's, there's, no, there's no way to point to whoever's replacing Bryce Harper. And be, like, now that Bryce Harper is not screwing up our team... We have a chance to win. That's that seems absurd because Bryce Harper is still a very good player, and the Phillies aren't where they they want to be in the standings right now, of course. But they're still five games over five hundred. They put together a pretty good team themselves. It has their problems certainly, and Bryce Harper hasn't even been that bad this year. Like he's people have been talking about him like, like oh, there's no way he he deserves the contract that he's gotten. He's he's getting so much flack. He's really turned it on recently. And, well, Bryce Harper's not the reason the Phillies are bad. Right, but he's also not the reason the Nationals... Like, him leaving also isn't pitching. the reason that the Nationals are good, is what I'm saying. It seems like such a very... a very um, I, it, it seems like a disjointed argument. Like I, 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 mean, I think there's a lot of other reasons that the Nationals are, are, are really good this year. definitely a gross oversimplification, of course. I mean, the Nationals underperformed drastically this year. Last year, excuse me, and then have regressed back to the mean. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's, it's obviously a little bit of just narrative, but I think it shouldn't be just wholly discounted uh, um, completely, I guess is all I'm saying, that, you know, maybe... It, 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 I feel like it, shan't, it shouldn't be considered just a coincidence, I guess, is really what I'm trying to say. I kind of think it should, because the Nationals... they Well, they added Patrick Corbin, too, right? That's a big That's- thing that has been... That we haven't even mentioned once. It's true, and yeah. it's it's again. It's not like the Nationals are just like you know whoever's they're a different lineup without Harper, of course, but not necessarily in a better way because he's gone. It's just because the players they have have just been better. Rendon has just flat out been a better player this year. I, I mean, if you're tr- if you're trying to look for. If you're trying to look for reasons of why they're good because Harper's gone, the only thing I can lead to, I think of, is the mentality and the clubhouse. It like, the fact be. that he's not... I guess it so must like be. The fact that he's not there, like, Max Scherzer or Anthony Rendon are taking on the leadership. More of, like, I'm the guy on the team. and Like, maybe that it's just a clear clubhouse now compared to whatever... 
like drama or baggage, good or bad, that Bryce brought to the Nationals. I don't know. It, this it's too much speculation it's, for my for my liking. But I mean, there's no way fine. to like really know. It, That's what I'm just, saying. I, there's, there's, there's no, no Bryce way. Harper on the Nationals are playing really well. It's just really weird. Sport. It's yeah. just really weird. Um, I am rooting for the Mets, by the way. They're two games back of the wild card right now, and I really like their team. I love Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, like great. Great, um, I guess McNeil's not a rookie, but great efforts from these young players for the Mets. And They're their pitching is still really good. Jacob deGrom is having a similarly unlucky season to his one from two years ago. And it's just not getting attention anymore because because we, we've seen it before. Like, this is, oh, well, Jacob deGrom, uh, oh, he, he that's just the Mets for you. And when this was happening the first time, I remember we were on Jacob deGrom Patton like having more wins above replacement than wins, right? That was the biggest thing that we were tracking on this podcast, um, and it's it's a similar season. He is he is nine and eight right now. There's a chance that he doesn't reach ten wins. There's a real chance, like just as real a chance as there was. It, it was two years ago, right, with the crazy Degrom season in misfortune. Was that last year? Or was it last year? Now I, I have to look. Season. Long year. I thought it was last. Uh, uh, base. Oh, it was last year. Wow. I mean, time. <coughs> time is weird for me. Yeah, last year. I, I don't know how I skipped all year. Yeah, last year I had a one. I mean, his ERA is run higher now. It's two point seven instead of one point seven. But last year he had oh, man, similar so misfortune. And now we're just used to it. He finished ten and nine last year. He could very well finish with the same exact record, in a more. You know, still insanely good, but, you know, not best-of-all-time type of ERA. And it's he's just doing it again, and I'm reading, it's crazy. I'm rooting for the Mets, too. There's, I mean, they're one of the teams that I can actually see if they get past, I don't know, Cub, Milwaukee, or Washington for the wildcard game. <coughs> they could act have like put up a fight in the playoffs i can see all all four of those teams that you just mentioned putting up a big fight maybe the brewers now without yelich would be hard but yeah those are those are all really good teams exactly and that's what i think makes this national league wildcard race fun but the mets themselves they're hot and they have pitching so i think pitching wins in playoffs too so that'd be fun to watch all all Three, three of those teams have amazing pitching, starting pitching. The Brewers have a great bullpen. That would be very fun to watch. Um, Who wins in a Scherzer, DeGrom? I mean, a Scherzer, DeGrom wildcard game. You don't know. You have to tune in and find out. If, if, if I haven't given you guys reason enough to watch baseball this month, with these insane wild card races, why not, do you not just you two, not just you two, anybody listening, mm-hmm. anybody that happens to to be on the fence about caring about baseball the rest of the way, there is a lot of reason to care about baseball the rest of the way. I'm so excited. I, I, I I'm all worked up now. Um, another good reason that you two in particular should be watching baseball is so I can't embarrass you in stack game. I might not, but there's a chance that I do. So let's see how you do um, in a very quick stack game to wrap things up. These are stats from the last 30 days of the Major League season. Um, let's start with Ruby answers first and then Furbode, and we'll flip-flop. All right, yeah, let's man. do it. These are stats for hitters to start with. Um, 
Who has the most home runs? Last 30 days. Uh, a, a man. Yes, it is male. You have to give, have to give me a name, though. Uh, Why are you giving um, him hints? How do we know it's a male? Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> he has hit 11, so he's tied for second. It's a good guess. There's one. There's one above. You're one above. Thank you. Um, Answer quicker. Nicholas Castellanos. Castellanos hit ten, so you lose that one. But both good uh, guesses. They've both been very hot. The number one answer is Nolan Arenado. He hit twelve in the last thirty days. The other eleven home run hitters: Kyle Seager, Josh Donaldson, Francisco Lindor. Yeah, pretty crazy. All right, next is going to be WRC Plus, which, of course, is a hitting stat. So who has the highest WRC Plus in the last 30 days uh, for both first? Ketel Marte. Yeah. What? How did you do that? You're cheating. I have him on my fantasy league. Well, yeah, it's him. <laughs> what? How did... Okay. <laughs> I Okay, first of all, I do not believe that you actually check your fantasy team. There's not a chance that you check your fantasy <laughs> Second of all, what? How did you do that? I thought that was going to be a tough one. I, I who, just know who are you going to guess, Rudy? Just, or were you just going to say, um, for a while and then throw out a name? I don't even know what WRC plus means. <laughs> it's a weighted runs created plus. Plus, sure. plus meaning it's on the, the scale that's like... Um, that has 100 as the baseline average. I feel like I should get some of the points because I traded for Bode Marte. <laughs> you, you did so actually was, do that. It's amazing. So, yeah, like 0.3 points or something. Yeah. Well, anyway, second was Alex Bregman in that span. He had a 202 WRC plus. Anthony Rendon is third. Kyle Seager's fourth. And Jerkson Profar's fifth. What is baseball? Kyle Seager and Jerkson Pro- Profar are both top five hitters by one of the best hitting metrics this month. I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Is it Jerks and Profar still hitting like 212, though? Um, he might be. Who knows? Who knows? It's, it's weird. It's been a weird year. Uh, we're going to do pitchers now. And what I have strikeouts first, right? All right, so who has the most strikeouts in the last 30 days? Rudy. Uh, Randy Johnson. I'm just kidding. Um, that counts. No laughs. No. Uh, more annoyed than anything. <laughs> Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber is tied for second with 48. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you shocked. You shocked yourself. Tied for second, so there is one pitcher who uh, who struck out more batters in the last thirty days. Um, let's go with Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander is just below that mark, forty-seven strikeouts. Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh. And wait, I I actually have to to look through this list now because I just realized I do not see Garrett Cole on here. Even though I know for a fact that Garrett Cole had three consecutive 14 strikeout games, 
in this mix. Number one pitcher, by the way, was Mike Clevenger with 50. I never would have guessed that. Mike Clevenger's been really good lately. Steven Strasburg also struck out 48 batters. Jack Flaherty is right behind him, too. He's been really good. But, my God, wait, where, where's Garrett Cole? Wait, I'm, I'm so lost. Fangraphs, what are you doing to me? Last 30 many, days, right? How many starts is... 2019. Five, six? Um, yeah, it, it'd probably be five or six starts. But in either case, like, where is... What, what happened? I, I just don't understand it. This is baffling to me. Uh, I can look up Garrett Cole for you. Oh, no, Garrett Cole is first. For some he's I guess he was not yes. qualified yes. over the last... Because he's only started four games in this span. So, so that's that's unbelievable. So I guess whatever the qualified um, marker, so he's you know, still whatever that is. But he didn't qualify. Right, so the other pitchers that I've said... Um, Shane Beaver started six games. Clevenger started six games. Verlander started five games. Still qualified the number of innings in that span. So Garrett Cole, in the last 30 days, has had the most strikeouts of any pitcher in just 27 and two-thirds innings. Struck out 55 batters. And Mike Clevenger, who struck out 50, did it in 36 and two-thirds innings. Like... That's that's basically a whole game less, like a full nine innings fewer than than Clevenger and Cole struck out five more batters. He's been unreal. So you're telling me the Astros are good? Telling you that the Astros are good, and I'm telling you the Indians are good. Indians have two of yeah. those two of those pitchers too. Um, Who's number two? Who is Chen Bieber tied with? Uh, what's the score right now? Do you guys know? Who won? Who won those points? <laughs> it's two to one, Rudy. But you never answer my question. Oh, what? What's it going to be for tiebreaker? No, who is Shane Bieber tied with? Oh, Strasburg. I think I did say that. Oh, uh, I'm not Okay, um, we're gonna do one more for pitchers then, and we're gonna go with good old ERA. What's that? It's a. It's a number. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna set the minimum I... innings at twenty, just so to make sure Garrett Cole gets to play in this, um, but making sure it's just starting pitchers too. So um, let's let's hear it. Who you got? It's Farbode, right? It's Farbode. Um, that's not me guessing myself. Same guy as last time. I don't know, Justin Verlander. Uh, Justin Verlander's fourth. Good guess. Oh. He did have a no hitter in there. So. Uh, it should probably be. Wait, so Cole is qualified? He's is qualified. Yeah. You like, no, he, he will show up on the list. Yes. Um. Sure. Wait, maybe. Uh. I'll just go with Clevenger since you said he was doing so well. I don't know. No, Mike Clevenger has been doing well, but he's number 12 in ERA oh, since that point. Bad. It's a 2-2-1 ERA, which is still really good, but there's been better pitchers. So the number one pitcher is Jack Flaherty, who I did mention. Oh, I saw that today. I he's been great. That. He won pitcher of the month in August, has a .68 ERA in the last 30 days. Dallas Keuchel is the second. He's 5-0 and in his last six games. 
with a .97 ERA. Pretty wow. nuts. Eduardo Rodriguez, third, 1.11 ERA, and then Verlander, then Dakota Hudson, and then Jordan Lucchese. Okay. Joey. So Joey Lucchese, Sonny Gray, Steven Matz, Mike Fultonevich are Who all ahead of Garrett Joey Cole. And Mike. Yeah, Joey Lucchese. Do you know what team he plays for? <laughs> uh, the, He's the Padres. The Pecos <laughs> This is it's it's a weird it it is a weird list. Thirty day numbers are are something to behold. We should do it. We should do this with uh, thirty day stats more often. If you ask me, are all those guys within the like zero to one ERA? Like yeah, but between something? like sub two ERA pitchers in the last thirty days. All right, um, let's do a tiebreaker then because it's tied to do. Sure. Let's do good old-fashioned batting average. In the last hitters, 30 days? Hitters. Yeah, in the last 30 days. That's Rudy's turn. All right. Is it? Yeah, you start. What's, what's on turns for tiebreakers? I just get it right, and you go, for, you go first. <laughs> uh, uh, that's true. Theory, in theory, isn't it? Uh... uh Hmm. So we're sticking with thirty days. Yeah. As I still offered. Yes. Mm. I don't miss this part. Calm down, calm down. It's all about the suspense. It's all about the suspense. Um I'm going to go with uh Tim Anderson for because yes. Tim Anderson is fifth. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's not a confident aha right there. Leaves a lot. All right, Furbo, you can win it with any of four names higher than him. Should I know anyone up there? Like I don't know. Should you? Um, dude. Um. The suspense I'm a, is killing me. I'm 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 a, I'm a go with my guy Ketel. Yeah, Ketel Marte is number one. Woo! <laughs> Ramon wins again guy. because he cheated. He checked his fantasy team, which I consider cheating because because I don't check it. He's probably not <laughs> even in his starting lineup, but he checked his team somehow. <laughs> Ketel Marte three ninety three. He hit three ninety three in the last thirty days. Rendon hit three ninety two. Wilson Ramos at 385, Bregman hit 376, Tim Anderson hit 356, Victor Reyes of the Tigers hit 348. How about that? And then Marte and Arenado hit 344. Yeah. I'm going to get a Marte jersey. Yeah, so Farbode reclaims his trophy after a very long hiatus. Um, and I hope you guys uh, will, will podcast with me more. You know, in in the future, you know, Ray no, Ray's we, great, yeah. but you guys you guys make make some appearances when when you uh when you have the time. We uh love to have you. All right, that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for <laughs> the your, the timing is so off right now. Thank you, everybody. It's been a while. I'm a little rusty. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed, make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to our podcast and. 
check out our website, betheshiftbaseball.com. It's got all our podcasts, articles, fantasy content. Everything is there. And connect with us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at BeatTheShiftBP. All right. Thanks, everybody. One last time. As always, Farbode. Is this where I do it? No. Peace.